I'm down, I'm down the weather. What's the saying? I'm down the weather. Oh, under the weather. I don't know sayings. God, I don't know sayings at all. I should not be using sayings. I'm the last person that should be using sayings because I get them backwards or I get them just completely wrong. I was at at my sister-in-law's house for dinner Mm -hmm. and her husband goes, I have to go let the dogs out. And I was like, he's going to take his shoes off? I was like, his feet hurt? What? Because the saying for that is the dogs are barking. So I was like, your feet hurt? And he's like, no. And then she's like, no, he's literally going to go leave and let dogs out. And I went, oh! I mean, like, could how bad I am. Or yes, like- but that's how bad I am with sayings. Oh, that's funny. Otherwise, I thought you were going to talk about, like, the song. Like, who let the dogs out? That was... <laughs> By the Baha Men? No. <laughs> Great song. Underrated song. Oh, you're still listening to that in elementary school. That was fun. I used to have that on that. Um, did you know what the hit clips were? Yeah, were, I had like yeah. three. Yeah, so for people that don't know what a hit clip was, it's like this little boom box that's operated by like a battery. And it has this little SD card that would have, that would be the record, the single. And it mm. would play maybe like a minute. In like 30 yeah, seconds. It was like a fraction of the like song. Like a teeny tiny bit of the song. And I had that. That was one of my songs. was Who Let the Dogs Out by the Baja <laughs> Men. And I would break dance. Meaning giving myself um, carpet burns. Oh no. <laughs> or just like flailing on the ground with my legs. <laughs> and being like, mom, I can break dance. No. She's like, good job. Good job, yep. sweetie. Yeah. You're doing great, sweetie. It's just like when I thought I could juggle, but I was only juggling two balls. <laughs> I mean, that's a start. That's how they teach you. It's just two. Like, you just... It's not that hard. <laughs> yeah, that's true, yeah. Hey, Wanders. Welcome back to another Foolish Wanders podcast. The podcast about anything and everything. Today, Kendra's feeling a little bit under the weather. So we're going to talk about some random things. Make it a cool, chill episode. So today, we're going to talk about why Americans call football soccer. And then we're going to talk about ghost spiders. Ooh. Ooh. No deep diving in this episode. No, we're throwing it way back to our yep. random episodes. Oh, yes, we are. Oh, yes. We're going old school. Oh, yeah. It's fun. Like hit clips. Like hit <laughs> <laughs> Good callback, Katrina. Yeah. Good Ooh. callback. <laughs> okay, should we get into this? Yeah, let's go. So why Americans call it soccer while the rest of the world calls it football? Yes. Honestly, I think it's dumb. I mean, we're from America, but I think it's dumb that we call it soccer. Yeah. I mean, I like the word, but like, it makes more sense. Football is played with your feet, you know? Yes. Yeah, it makes more sense. Yeah, I like American football more than, you know, Mm -hmm. football, but. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, 
American football really should be called handball or something. I don't know. Handball. Isn't that a thing too? Handball? I think handball's a, yeah, a completely yeah, different sport. A, but... <laughs> so we've run out of terms. We've run out, yeah. We're just so unoriginal. Okay, here we go. With the world, oh, this is a good, this is a good story because the World Cup is going on right now. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Okay, so with the World Cup being played in Qatar, people are once again asking why the U.S. calls it soccer, when much of the rest of the world says football. Mm -hmm. But the reasons, like the origin of the beautiful game itself, lie buried within British history. So the sports rules of were codified by the newly formed Football Association in 1863, and the version of the game became Association Football. But at the same time, the game of rugby, with its full name Rugby Football, was blossoming after starting in the 1840s at the English private school of the same name. The game played under FA rules was called Association Football to differentiate between the two. But in the 1880s, students at Oxford University, students began using the term rugger and ass... <laughs> ass. It's like ass ocker or as soccer. soccer. So it looks like ass ocker or as soccer. I don't know how to say it or pronounce it, so I'm just going to say ass ocker because it's more fun. <laughs> how did they get to that term? I don't know. Rugger and ass ocker. I don't know. So that was, so then the, so before the latter was shortened to soccer. So that's how they got it. Ass ocker became soccer. Soccer. Okay, so the new name quickly spread. I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so it's quickly spread beyond Oxford and became widely used in Britain in the first half of the 20th century. So meanwhile, in the US, the sport of gridiron football, which borrowed elements from both rugby and association football, emerged in the late 19th century. So I'm sure that's where ass ocker or as soccer got its name from was association football, right? Oh, association. Okay, sure. But where did the ocker come from? Dude, I don't know. <laughs> College students are weird. That's true, yeah. Okay. With most people in the US calling gridiron simply football, players of association football use the term soccer for their sport, and that name stuck. So, but back in Britain, by the 1980s, the soccer had fallen out of common usage, in part because it had become so synonymous with the U.S. So they're like, <laughs> get out of here, you tacky people. Oh, man. With your white tube socks and your Nikes. <laughs> get out of here. <sighs> so the term soccer is also, is also still common in other nations where other sports are called football, such as Australia, Canada, and Ireland. Oh, okay. In 2014, Professor Stefan Seismansky of the University of Michigan explained the origins of the word soccer. He had analyzed the usage of the word compared to football from 1900 onwards. He wrote in his paper, It appears that as the popularity of soccer has grown in the U.S., the word has been used less and less. He continued, Association football became soccer in America, and what was called gridiron in Britain simply became football in America. Since 1980, the usage of the word soccer has declined in British publications and where it is used. It is, it is usually 
It usually refers to an American context. This decline seems to be a reaction against the increased usage in the U.S., which seems to be associated with the high point of the NASL around 1980. But he admitted the problem of two names may need to be addressed at some point. He explained, with soccer growing in popularity in the U.S. and the rest of the world, stridently insisting the word soccer is not football, it would appear that some kind of resolution will eventually be required. So you mean like pick one or the other? Then yeah, and I'm it. sure it would be like pick football because why would the rest of the world basically have to switch? To switch it, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, but also, mm-hmm. I don't think Americans are going to change the name for football. No! We so. are so stubborn. <laughs> yeah, so, I don't know. We are so stubborn. Just think about in the 70s, they tried to change it to metric in mm-hmm. school, and we were like, no. Honestly, I wish they would have. I wish they would have, too, because I use metric at work. Mm-hmm. If you were with, like, any other country, yeah, yeah you'd use metric so yeah. i wish they should at least teach it in school if it's not standard like at least like, it, like they offers te- a bit of a they class teach it but it's like kind of like a we're gonna learn some wacky thing that you're not gonna, that's true that don't really pay attention to that's yeah. kind of how i feel that they treat it yeah it's not like the mainstream thing for us but should be mm-hmm. so yeah but yeah that's why americans call it soccer and i don't know i thought it was kind of fun just to like us to look at history as the world cup you know it's yeah. going on right now. Nice. I just like find it interesting that they're that Britain didn't want to use soccer because it's too American. They're like, no, 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 not classy enough. I like it. <laughs> I like it, and I also go, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. You do you. You, you do, do you, you. boo. <laughs> All right, should we get into some zombie spiders or ghost spiders? I've heard they're called zombie both. spiders. So. I, th- I think they're more ghost spiders, but this article that I'm going to read from um, from roundglasssustain.com uh, okay. calls it zombie. Yeah, so... <laughs> Isn't the so dead far- alive make it a zombie or something? Yes, that's it's a zombie, yeah. You're okay. supposed to be dead, but then you, you come back. are still alive. Yeah, yep. Kind of like the zombie deer disease that we covered. Oh, Lord, that episode. was scary. You know, that's creepy, deer. yeah. The knocked deer episode, yep. Zombie the deer. chronic wastings disease. Yep, yep, yep. Ugh. That's been brought up again too in social media. Every time it comes about. up, I go. Mm. <laughs> mm. Especially since we both grew up in like very rural farm areas. areas. Yeah. Yep, 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 yep. yep well, you farm same. areas, me not yeah. so much. Yeah, you're cold. Horror, horror movies, yeah. woods. Yeah. Woods. Yep. Yep. Alrighty. So, so yeah, I found an article from RoundGlassSustain.com. Um, yeah, so I first saw this on TikTok earlier today and thought it was pretty interesting. It's creepy, but it's interesting. So here we go. It is the monsoon. A sudden increase in humidity has something stirring that is neither an animal nor a plant. In the moist corners of the, of the woods, little mushrooms are sprouting. They're spore-bearing, fruiting bodies of fungi that remain hidden as colorless masses. The fungi are generally considered to be members of the third kingdom next to animals and plants. So we have flora, fauna, and fungi. I don't want to be. I, I'm trying to think about a stupid joke about the fun. I'm like I'm a fun guy, like, but <laughs> like I can't think old. of anything. That's like the oldest dad joke in the book. I know. Did you ever? Did you ever have like a teacher that said fungi instead of fun guy? Not that I remember, but I wouldn't doubt it. Like if someone said that, yeah. So now we're going to go into a, an ant that gets infected by one of these fun guys. 
So, on one of her foraging trips, an ant steps into a fungal spore, or breathes in one through her respiratory opening. All animals, including us, inhale fungal spores all the time. But the fungal spores picked up by this ant intended to find her. So, the spore travels through her uh, interstellar spaces and slowly feeds off her tissues. So, this is common, like, in small insects. So, they just wander into these areas with these... Uh, fungi and then they get infected and basically this fungi eats them from the inside out and like slowly takes over their bodies yeah so (laughs) one monsoon day she clambers up upon a leaf as if in a trance so she's high on shrooms um this (laughs) this isn't her usual behavior she drops her head and her legs barely move sometimes an infected ant like her may bite into the base of a branch or wrap her legs around a branch due to the contraction of the muscles and what's called a quote death grip so through the night a stalk of pale white mass erupts from her head joint her exoskeleton separates segment for segment as the fungal filaments glue her in place oh my lord so i've seen videos of this like i think a year Ah. or two ago (laughs) it is really gross but it's kind of interesting but yeah basically this thing just grows inside of these like bugs and stuff and slowly like they become white and fuzzy and just it makes you like explode or yeah, basically, yeah, like, their head, like, the ant ones, like, the, like, basically rips open the head and, like, grows oh up from the top. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's gross, but it's kind of cool. <laughs> so, pathogen- pathogenic fungi are actually quite common. Uh, most are known to infect plants, and there are about 7,000 species that cause plant rust disease alone. Um, so, fungi that cause diseases in animals are also diverse. Over 1,000 species are known, and some can actually affect humans as well. So, all it takes is one spore entering the body. For instance, the fungus that entered the ant's body and turned her into a walking zombie is a type of fungus called an antipromorthogenic fungi. That's so, yeah, so, quite the mouthful. Yeah. So actually, you can like Google images and stuff, and the ghost spiders, if you look at pictures, pictures of those, basically you can like walk into a room and there's like webs of spiders and they're just like all all their joints and everything are just white fuzzy balls oh. like they look like it's just like a ghost version of the spider but fuzzy it's kind of cute it's like a bunny it's like the bunny version of it like a bunny yay yeah. yeah yeah so i think the video that i saw on tiktok i'll try to see if i can link it in the description so you guys can check it out but i think it was like a group like a couple guys from like somewhere in europe and they were exploring an abandoned house or something and they went to the basement and there's actually a, a label on the door saying zombie or ghost spiders beware the <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're like what is that and they go upstairs there's just like like hundreds of these spiders hanging everywhere so uh, yeah so you know this fungal thing is in there too but yeah so that's what i guess that's why they called a zombie fungus or zo- zombie diseases because like for a while while they're it's like eating inside out it makes them walk funny and takes over their brain, basically. I'm and then sure. It, like, in place, and then they that's, become a ghost. That's just so crazy. I mean, this, this, these kinds of stories just make me like really go like, wow. Everyone's so like, I don't know, like hyped up about aliens and stuff, but <laughs> there's some crazy stuff that's happening here on Earth. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, there is. It's- like, and this is one of them. <laughs> yeah. And these are things you don't hear about, like, in school, like, at least not in high school. I'm sure in some sort of college classes you probably yep. would. Yeah. But it's just not normal for us, at least in America, to learn about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird. But yeah, there's, like, pictures. I'll leave the link to this article, too, if you guys want to check it out. Um, but there's, like, pictures that there's, like, cockroaches, there's spiders, there's an ant. Yeah, basically anything that 
unfortunately came into path with this fungal thing. So, uh. yeah. Oh, there's a moth too. We got a moth. Yeah. Yeah, there's several different kinds too. So, there's one called the sparkler fungus that's not just fuzzy, it looks like mini fireworks. Oh, of. that's neat. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Appropriate name. <laughs> I love a good sparkler. Oh, sparklers are fun. I love them. Let's see. I'm going to try to pronounce this name, but forgive my pronunciation. So the Ophiocardiceps. Just say how you spell it, then. O-P-H-I-O-C-O-R-D-Y-C-E-P-S space S-I-N-E-N-S-I-S. Did anyone keep up with that? <laughs> it's a very long term. Um, this... Uh, this like branch of the fungus fungi um, is part of these the anthropomorphogenic fungi. So, in the upper reaches of the Himalaya, this fungus targets caterpillars of ghost moths that feed on the roots of sparse vegetation. So, the spores of the fungus enter the host caterpillar's body. Then, towards the end of its life, the caterpillar changes its position so that its head faces the surface as it's overwhelmed by the fungus. Come summertime, it sprouts a fruiting, a fruiting body from the head, and then the spores emerge to the surface. So this particular threatened fungus is sought after by local mushroom foragers, as they earn up to around 150 rubles per piece, according to one report by the BBC. So this fungus is traditionally used as a cure for various ailments, particularly believed to increase fertility. The, the trade in this fungi was an important factor in Nepal's decade-long civil war as both sides fought to gain control of the lucrative tra trade in this fungi so it has some health benefit i guess <laughs> yeah you want a lot of <laughs> yeah. a lot of kids okay <laughs> vitality yeah yep all right well i got a better one for you you ready okay yeah <laughs> this was from a while ago but uh -oh. we forgot to talk about it because you know we've got other more important pressing <laughs> matters but oh, yeah. um heinz the ketchup company, they had a fashion collection of vintage clothing featuring pieces already stained with ketchup. I just went to like every vintage clothing like, thrift store and found what was stained by ketchup. Well, yeah, we'll get into it a little bit more. But so, so Heinz launched a clothing line that has real tomato ketchup stains on a selection of vintage and thrifted garments. The condiment giant. <laughs> I like that they're a I mean, yeah, they kind of are. They are. Yeah. They are. They are. So, uh, yeah, the condiment giant joined forces with online resale platform ThreadUp to launch its vintage drip collection in the U.S. <laughs> Boasting... I, what? I don't, I, I'm sorry. I don't like the word drip. I don't know I why. don't either. Especially hearing me say it. It sounds even worse. <laughs> <laughs> not, so I make it sound so uncool. <laughs> You're like, I'm, I'm sick. I'm using yeah. the word. Drip. Yep. Drip. So, make my nose. <laughs> so, boasting 157 pieces, the range features pre-loved streetwear and designer items, which are intentionally designed to be inclusive across size and gender. According to Heinz, each piece has a unique, unique ketchup mark which the brand describes as, quote, not a stain, but a <laughs> statement. Okay. <laughs> okay, so speaking about the range, Heinz's Alyssa Cicero said the collection's about sustainability celebrating the character Heinz ketchup stains add to apparel. <laughs> okay. 
We don't get high fashion of that. She, clear. she continued to say, We saw an opportunity to view the stain we've been leaving on clothes as another iconic brand symbol. It changed the narrative from a stain to a statement. So is just everybody going to walk out of like a restaurant with a like, ketchup stain? Not me. Not me. Ketchup drip. Not ketchup. Not ketchup. So according to ThreadUp, the Heinz Vintage Drip Collections... A timely arrival as demand for pre-loved clothing is reaching an all-time high among Gen Z and millennial consumers who want to be eco-conscious. According to research by ThreadUp, 62% of the category said they looked for an item secondhand before purchasing it new. So, yeah. So, are they taking the word drip to not describe necessarily, like, the clothing, but to like cleverly tie it into their I think, dripping yeah. the yeah you got the it sauce on it. gold f- gold star for you i get a cookie um, <laughs> so i also saw something on tiktok a while ago is this girl she was running late to class and she spilled coffee on her shirt and she, she was, was like, like yeah no she she took a like a pen or marker or something and drew a bird around it so it looked kind of like a bird so she made oh, it like a kind cute, of clever it was cute like the way she did it was really cute so it's just yeah, I could. I think it'd be kind of cool if they took instead of just rubbing ketchup on clothes, if they drew something around it to like add to it. That'd be cool. I well, I if you make that. the stain into art rather than just being yeah. like it's this crusty old stain. Yeah, exactly. Like make it something cool. Like yeah. that'd be pretty cool. I yeah. like that idea. Yes, I think you're right. I think you basically summed it up. A ketchup stain <laughs> on its own is not cool, but adding something to it, like making it yeah. art around it, is cool. Yeah, or like putting like your logo in it or linking it into a ketchup bottle. That'd be cool. Like when it's spilled or something. I think, so, yeah. I think it- maybe work for the condiment giant. <laughs> I should. Hey, Heinz. <laughs> Contact me. Beat me up. Beat me up, Scotty. Yep. <laughs> All right, Wanderers, thank you so much for joining us for the Shorter Chill episode. We hope you guys enjoyed and learned something new, maybe. Um, if you guys have any suggestions for future episodes, please feel free to email us at fwplisteners at gmail.com. And as always, new episodes of the FWP are released weekly from wherever you get your podcasts from, including this place that you're listening to right now. And if you'd like, we would really appreciate it if you would leave us a five-star review. Um, it helps us get into the algorithms and helps spread our reach so we can, you know, take over the, the world. World domination. You need, you need like theme music for that or something. Have like some, some, like some rock and roll. Just yeah, something. Yeah. All right, Wanderers. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you guys next time.